Hello, sweet friends, and welcome to the Transform Your Anxiety podcast. My name is Rochelle. I am dedicated to helping moms understand their mental health so that they can become whole, happy humans and be role models they want to be for their little ones. Today's episode is a recording from a podcast that I did with my beautiful, wonderful, amazing friend, Bethany. And today we're going to be talking all about the tapes that we play in our minds and how they can really negatively affect us if we don't get a grasp on them and start to change that dialogue. You can find Bethany's info as well as my own in the podcast description. And for now, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Nutritious and Delicious podcast with me, Bethany. My mission is to support busy parents all over the world to learn time management while taking care of your nutritional, physical, and mental health. After all, a healthy family starts with a healthy parent. So I'm super excited. I have Rochelle here with me today. And Rochelle Rosan is a PSI certified maternal mental health coach. She specializes in maternal anxiety and depression and Rochelle's approach to health and wellness centers around simplifying life and developing the relationship she believes matters most in life. And this is the relationship we have with ourselves. So I'm really excited today. This topic is going to be all about not good enough, the tapes we tell ourselves. So thank you so much for coming on the show here today, Rochelle. I would love (laughs) for you to share a bit about your story and what led you to this topic here today on mom saying why they don't feel good enough. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Love talking about these important things that people aren't talking about. (laughs) Yeah, so there's there's an episode that you and I have done as well. if people haven't heard that yet, where we talk about postpartum depression, yeah, that's something that Bethany and I both experienced. And it was really a blessing in disguise for me because I was not aware that I was dealing with any mental health issues until I had a breakdown. And yeah. then everything <laughs> became very clear, all of these negative habits and thought patterns that I had had throughout my life which I wouldn't have become aware of had I not had that crisis level experience and had to reach out and get help. And so in the beginning, when I was really going through the hardest of it, I kind of went into a panic when I walked into the hospital to deliver. So up till that point, I was doing fine, walked into the hospital, everything just went downhill from there. And I basically was experiencing panic attacks on and off for about four months regularly. So I was exhausted. And that's when the tape started coming in of like, you know, am I going to even survive this? Is this what motherhood is going to be like? Why didn't anybody ever tell me? Yeah. Why is this happening to me? Um, And you think that, there is something wrong with you. That's what I felt, Mm -hmm. especially because I have, you know, three sisters. I have three sisters-in-law. No one ever had this kind of experience. And so I grew up like very much so involved with lots of kids and um, just no one ever talked about this kind of stuff. And so I really, really felt terrible about myself. And it was 
when I started having intrusive thoughts, when it was for me, okay, I have to get help. I have to do something. I can't live my life like this. I don't know what's going on, but it's not normal and I don't yeah. want to live like this. And so thankfully I was in a position where I was able to get a lot of help. I was able to, you know, have a lot of contact with my doctor. I found a local support group. I was seeing a counselor and the counselor is the one who really helped me understand that my thoughts and these tapes that I'm playing do not equal reality. So I don't have to believe them. Mm -hmm. And becoming aware of that, having somebody else tell me that was a huge burden that got relieved because up to that point, to the point I was 25 years old, I was so identified with my thoughts. I thought that my thoughts were my reality. My thoughts were true. And I had to have a professional psychiatrist come and be like, hey, that's not actually true. And I was like, wow, okay. And as I went through that first kind of six months, I was going to a support group every week. That was like my, that was my, my clinging on to hope. I was like, okay, I can go. Like there are other women who are feeling like this. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, you would never know that, right? Like if you're not immersed in the community of women that are really struggling, then it was just so taboo to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I went and I would go every week and we would all talk about what was going on. And I was like, wow, like I am not, I'm not the only one who's talking about this, but why, why does it have to get to such a crisis level to talk about it? Like we need to be taking this back and just acknowledging that generally speaking, we as moms are struggling. Like we are having a hard time. And we need to get comfortable talking about it so that we don't have to go into this crisis mode because it's, it's, you know, some women don't make it out of it. And I just became very passionate about learning more about mental health and about, you know, the conditioned self and the things that we've been brought up to believe and how that affects our lives and how we can change it and then I just became very very into like learning everything I could about not being that way anymore and helping other women understand that they don't have to have those thoughts either like you can detach and you can change the tape yeah it sounds very similar um obviously we you know we had this podcast before where we talked about postpartum depression and leading up to it and it can happen to anybody. And I, I think there is a huge stigma in society around mental health. Um, and I think why it gets to a point of, you know, getting to a crisis, like you said, I think it's because we feel so shamed by society that we shouldn't know what we're doing, or we shouldn't have these feelings or thoughts going through our head. And I don't think a lot of people realize like you have a massive hormonal imbalance, like after you've had a baby and even during pregnancy, a lot of women like are, are saying, you know, I haven't even had the baby and I'm already like anxious and your hormones are like on a roller coaster. And you're also in like a completely different life than you're, you're used to. You don't get given a manual on how to, you know, be a mom. And just like yourself, I, I think I went into, like being a mom, my first baby with that 
notion of like, well, I should know what I'm doing. I was a previous nurse. Like I've babysat a lot. Like I know I've been around a lot of children. I've always wanted to be a mom. Like I played dolls, you know, forever. And it felt so natural to me. But then when I had my baby, it was like, whoa, hang on a minute. Like, why am I getting all these thoughts and feelings? And why do I feel like I'm on edge or like super anxious or again, and it's a kind of a scary place to be. And that's where I think the tapes of like, I feel like a failure. I, I don't feel good enough. I like, like there must be something wrong with me. Like I've always wanted this, or I know um, how to look after children. Like, like what, what the heck is wrong with me? Right. So I think our thoughts become our feelings and we start to believe them. Um, I think when we, when we live in them, and when we're not actually sharing with other people, like you said, and you were kind of getting that feedback of like, these aren't real. These are just thoughts that are going on in your head, but it's not your actual reality. I think a lot of women, that's where people suffer. They, they aren't doing anything about it and they're living in it thinking this is their true self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, which and and it's, just, it's just not, it's not your true self. Your thoughts are not your true self. And, a really good example that I like to use with people is like, if you're to close your eyes and imagine that you're, you know, sitting on a beach in Hawaii with a cold drink in your hand and the sun is beating on you, you know, that's a wonderful place to go in your mind. That's not reality either, but it's right. a positive, happy thought. And yeah. I think, you know, most of us deal with negative thoughts forever. And it's not until they become scary that it becomes a problem, right? So just try to imagine, you know, any thought is not a reality unless you take it on and create it into a reality. So I always try to make people create a happy place. Like with my clients, that's one of the things that I encourage them to do is find a place in their mind where they can feel safe. So it doesn't matter where you go, you know, you can go internally mm -hmm. into that safe place. That really helped me a lot. It's, it's a tough place to be. I want to actually go into, because both Rochelle and I work um, with moms, particularly moms that are struggling, anxiety, depression, not feeling good enough. Um, I kind of want to hear from your side, like what you hear from other women in your in your community, and I'll give you sort of some of mine. And some of the problems that we see and what we can do is we can talk about some solutions to this um, afterwards. So, you know, why... Do you think that you have moms coming to you sort of saying these things? Like, do, do you think that they feel alone? Um, is, is there some sort of stigma that's maybe going on? Like, what do you sort of keep seeing like over and over again? Yeah, for most women, it's definitely I feel alone. Um, they feel like they can't open up to the people they're closest to, like a lot of the times, depending on their culture. Um, even their partners, they're not comfortable sharing what's going on, whether it's because of a fear of judgment mm -hmm. or because they just, quote unquote, should be able to handle it. And right. that's what really is heartbreaking to me when they can't even tell their own partners. And so they really are dealing with everything alone. And then another thing that I found is when people, you know, women will say, I'm not feeling good enough. It's like, well, good enough compared to what though? Like, what do you think you should be? And a lot of women will bring up social media, right? Because mm. they're scrolling through their Instagram account, seeing all these yeah. moms with 
three weeks. I roll my eyes on that one. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. And there's a perfect example of this the other day. I was just dropping or picking my daughter up from school yesterday. And there's this mom with her new baby and she's all like dressed up and she has a bow on and stuff. And it's like (laughs) all the moms are coming over and it's like, yeah, this is great. But, you know, 24 hours ago, you were like in bed crying because you can't pump or like whatever is going on. And social media, I think, is so toxic. Like there, it, there's great things like this that can mm-hmm. come from social media, but I think that being a millennial mom is even more challenging because you have this falsely painted reality that everyone else is only showing their very best moments. It's like, that's right. not real. That yeah. is not motherhood. And so I just think it's added this whole other layer of self-deprecation or whatever you want to call it like just it's just bad right it's interesting that you say that because I laugh because when I all I could imagine was when you say like a baby with a bit pink bow on and everything when I had my two boys I sort of had that like oh yeah I get to dress them up and like get like be dolls and you know they get to look all cute (laughs) but my boys both had really really bad reflux so it was like any outfit they had on they were just like covered in barf so all I could imagine was this cute little like baby you said sitting there with a bow on and if it was my kid it'd be like okay just barf everywhere and like the whole suit would be ruined and that would be like (laughs) my life where I'd be like yeah this happens all the time (laughs) yeah so it just and it's it's hard because like when we talk about reality social media is another one like you said like it it can portray something um really false to people or it can be raw and i do i do see both worlds on social media i see a lot of people talk about like the hard stuff and other people don't like that like a conversation and they're like i don't want to be around that like i don't want to um um i don't want to kind of go that direction but also this is a place where a lot of parents, a lot of women, especially are coming to vent and talk because you said they don't have a partner that understands or they're single parenting and they've got a lot of little kids and they're like, this is tough. Like I have kids around me all day long. My, my in-laws don't get it. My, my partner doesn't get it, or I don't have a partner. So they're coming to this social place to feel safe enough to actually like talk and vent, um, but again, you also need that solution as well, I find, like, because the more you kind of just keep talking negatively and you're not doing anything about it, that's where it can lead, like, down a bit of a rabbit hole, too. Um, what I noticed in, like, dealing with a lot of women and coaching and stuff is there's a lot of hidden resentment um, mm. becoming a mother and the feeling of giving up your life. Um, a lot of women that come to me have had careers, they're successful in their business, or, you know, they've you know, been a teacher or a nurse, or they've had, you know, some kind of education and they're like, okay, well now I'm giving that up to be a stay at home mom. And you feel really successful in your work. And then all of a sudden you feel like such a failure as a mom. And you're like, how did, how does this happen? So it kind of either makes them want to go back to work and then they feel shamed because it's like, well, you should be a stay at home mom. You should be breastfeeding. You should be doing this. And again, that's society conditioning them and obviously it's hard to like dropping your baby off or your little kid off at daycare and and then there's the mom guilt that goes with it like there's enough mom guilt to go around anyways (laughs) but this is what i see with like a lot of professional women that are in the workspace it's like well 
I don't feel like whole and content at home. I love being a mom, but I can't do it 24 seven. And they want to go back to work where they do feel like, you know, successful. And then when they do that, it's like, then they're kind of um, beaten down for it as well. So mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. tough. It's tough either way. It's tough being a stay at home mom. It's tough being a working mom. And I notice a lot of the resentment happens around, um, it could be other moms that, like you said, on, on social media where they feel like, well, you're, you have an amazing life. How are you doing this? And lucky you. And, but you also don't see behind the scenes of what other, what help happens in other people's lives. So that's one thing. And another thing is, um, a lot of women get really upset with their partners, um, especially if they are male partners, um, because it's like, well, you didn't have to give up anything. I, you know, I gave up my body. I gave, I give up my time. And it's almost, again, another society push or cultural push of like women doing a lot of the work. Now we've got some great dads in the community as well. And like, I, I love that. I love seeing that. But I find it, on a general basis, a lot of women secretly resent their partner because they get to work and they don't have that mom guilt. They get to be the fun dad. So I see mm -hmm. that a lot as well. So what do you think about what I just said there? <laughs> yeah, that's, there's a lot to unpack there. I feel like um, it's all very correct. I feel like the first thing is like, no matter what you're doing, like if you're a working mom, stay at home mom, part-time, whatever you're doing, you have to find a balance. So it doesn't matter what category you fall into, you're responsible for finding something that fills you up. And right. this is you know, like that typical saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. It's mm -hmm. true. Um, so no matter what you're doing, make sure that you're finding some way to take care of yourself at least once a week, because that's going to help with the exhaustion. It's going to help with the resentment. It's going to help just have, it's going to help you have a better life. Generally speaking, you mm -hmm. have to take care of yourself, right? You do not have time to not take care of yourself. You have to do it. And then the partner thing, um, I find too exactly what you're saying, there can be so much resentment. But what I also find is that a lot of women don't even speak up. Yeah. So, you know, like communicating is hard. And this was something I had to learn when I was married, like saying what you need to say without being a bitch. I don't know if we're allowed to swear on yeah, here. It's fine. Edit it out. Yeah. If not. <laughs> no worries. Um, it's you know, true. I think <laughs> a lot of women, I think, feel like in order to get their point heard, they have to yell. Yeah. yeah. But really, if you just approach whatever you need to say in just a kind, honest way, and then let your partner respond. So when I was in marriage counseling, we had to do this exercise where you had to just say something and then you had to let your partner respond and you could not interrupt them until they told you they were done mm -hmm. and it was the hardest exercise <laughs> i've ever done oh dear but i learned i learned so much because i was yeah. like wow i typically don't even let you finish a sentence and so you have to communicate because if your partner doesn't know what's going on with you they cannot help you typically when um people are interrupting a lot or they're not listening and they're, they 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 think they're listening, um, but they're just talking and, and they're not sort of grabbing what you're saying. It's usually a, a feeling inside that you don't feel heard. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women, again, 
feel that way like they're not going to be heard so that's where the screaming and the yelling come into play and it happens with children too where you know you feel like you're repeating yourself and you're like how am i not getting through to them or you kind of again this is another tape you already have a tape in your head well my partner's gonna not gonna listen to me so you've already developed this story that like like i have to be on the defense so now you're going in and like this super defensive mode and they're like, whoa, like, I didn't even know, like, this is what you were asking me. But again, you got to come in a way and find obviously a place where, you know, they're not tired, you're not tired. And you can kind of just sit and have a proper conversation. Because a lot of the times I find obviously, because we're like, you know, super busy throughout our day with kids and school and scheduling, blah, 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 blah. If you don't sort of set a bit of time aside to actually have like an adult conversation with your partner, it's going to fly off the handle at like the most random times. And it could be out with your family in front of relatives and like, imagine how that's going to go. And a lot of families, that's how they function. Yeah. Right. So, absolutely. you know, with all of this, what would you say you do for yourself or what you, do you teach to um, your mom clients to actually help them with some tools around this problem? Yeah. So the first thing that I always teach my mom's is centering yourself. So mm -hmm. breath work to me is really important. Um, I feel like everyone can commit to two minutes a day, wake up, set a timer, two minutes. That's a great way to start your day mm -hmm. by breathing into your own body, coming into yourself rather than rushing out of bed and doing all the things. Like just take a sec to get into your own self. <clears throat> is really great. And then I also recommend journaling, which I usually say at the end of the day, again, two minutes, you don't have to like sit down for 45 minutes and write an epic saga, like just yeah. some of the things that are going on <laughs> in your mind. And then when you look back at it over time, that's when you really start to see the way that you're speaking to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's when those tapes can become really clear. And it's like, oh, okay, I haven't been being very kind to myself or you know, look at everything that's going on. It's no wonder I'm stressed and feeling exhausted. And then you right. can be like, oh, well, have I had self-care? No? Okay, well, it's time. So you just have to start paying attention and being aware because mm. you can't shift out of anything if you're not aware of what's already going on. So there's that. And then the other thing that I really have adopted that's been super powerful for me is positive affirmations. Yeah. So I do those every single morning. <clears throat> and some people will just read them. I personally like to listen to them. So I okay. go onto YouTube and I search videos. There's a lot of videos that have like some relaxing wake up music. You feed your mind positive thoughts before you're kind of, if you do it first thing in the morning, you're still kind of in that subconscious mode and it will shift your thinking if you mm -hmm. do it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And then I like to also post them around my house. So I'm really creative. Sometimes I'll like get a canvas from the thrift store and my daughter and I will sit down and like paint an affirmation Aww. and then we'll stick it up. It's on the wall. You can look at it every day. It reminds you whatever it is that, you know, what the very first one we ever did was be gentle with yourself. Aww. And so it's like, whatever you're going through, just like be gentle. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Just That's reminding amazing. yourself. I love these as um, I'll, I'll touch on a few of those because I just wrote a few down as you were talking and um, that's great. I love how you're kind of 
obviously with all the panic and stuff that you've experienced before, the breathing would be something massive because it would calm your body down right away. And I find that that works really well for um, children too. Like I've actually had to teach that to my eldest son who is quite an anxious um, little boy. So we usually like get them to do breathing when they're feeling angry or they're feeling super anxious. Um, that's really good. Like in the moment when you're kind of like, okay, stop and think like, just calm down. Like, cause he's kind of on a bit of a rant about something and I'm like, Ooh, chill. Okay. Like let's take a minute and let's all breathe together. And sometimes we do that if we're driving as a family in the car and like there's a heated or there's a, there's a crazy conversation going on or they're fighting with each other, the little guys. And I'm like, okay, whew, let's take a moment. That's amazing. I like the journaling as well. Um, I do that myself because I find with um journaling sometimes when you don't want to voice what's going on you're kind of like i've got something in me but i feel really anxious and i don't want to talk about it and and journaling it i think really helps kind of just blah like gets it all out and you kind of just put it on paper and you're like great and what i usually like to do with them is i like to burn them after so oh, <laughs> it's like a bit of a yes. seance <laughs> so i put it like in a pot and i light it on fire and obviously be careful like this is a fire safety hazard people so don't burn your house down please but i put it in a pot i light it on fire and it's a way of me like releasing the negative for myself mm -hmm. and i've done that for my boys too where if i've got them to write something like they're really upset about something i'm like i'll burn it for you like don't let kids play with fire please yeah <laughs> and then the affirmations i love because part of my mommy membership, I do actually um, do a lot of voice vis um, visualizations, affirmations. So you can listen to them while you're, you know, having a nap and waking up in the morning. And it's like that subconscious and it's helping. And the reason I did that is because when I was going through such a hard time myself, I woke up every day like yourself with like YouTube affirmations and just listening to like a calming voice. It was like, I was adopting somebody else's like positive energy and I loved it and it really helped. And mm -hmm. when I felt anxious at nighttime, I would put these like um, affirmations in and I would fall asleep listening to them while I went to sleep, which was amazing. Um, mm -hmm. And then I also have the affirmations as well on the, on the membership where I post them on um, my wall so i have them all pretty in pink and you've done them creatively um i like that idea and i just i've posted mine basically on my bathroom wall and every time i brush my teeth so that's twice a day i'm reading my affirmations to myself as well so that's great it's like you're it's like you're um getting the sort of uh words through your ears and then you're also reading it as well so you're kind of getting a double take of it which is amazing i love that um yeah, that's awesome the other two things i wanted to add in just for um, moms in terms of uh, being able to sort of break down that not feeling good enough and feeling resentful um, is taking some daily time for yourself. I know you said once a week, I personally um, being, you know, I was obviously a, a widow and I, I had my boys on my own for several years where I was a single parent for me, because it was so intense having so much um, energy around me. I needed to sort of remove myself for 30 minutes every day and it became a necessity thing for me because I noticed if I didn't sort of take that time away from sort of the chaos and the noise um, of the boys and not, not anything bad, just like a lot of noise and stimulus for me. Um, 
if I didn't do that, then I was sort of like on edge and I was getting worse throughout my night. And I'm like, and then I would almost just feel like uh, I need to like get away. Like I need to, you know, have more time to myself. So what I started to do was I just started to take about 30 minutes and would maybe just go lay on my bed. And sometimes I would fall asleep or I'd listen to a meditation. And that includes also taking like a, a hot bath or just relaxing and doing a bit of journaling or something like that, or, or reading a few chapters of a book. So it doesn't have to be much, but it's just a bit of a breather for yourself. Um, the other one too is for moms working out, like for myself, I know a lot of people like, well, I don't have time to work out. Um, I prioritize and I've been a single parent. I still make time for myself 20 minutes at least just to do a workout a few times a week. And that's more for my mental health because I'm trying to push out that energy of like that anxiety, that anger, um, those pent up feelings that I can't always verbalize for myself. So that's kind of another way that um, I like to do that as well. So what's your thought on that one? Yeah, I think if you can do something every day, do it. I do something every day too. My morning mm -hmm. and my evening are when I spend 20, 30 minutes to do something nice for myself. <clears throat> I love that. But I know it's that's overwhelming for a lot of women. So that's why yeah. I say just once a week, you can make that happen for sure. And But yeah, every day is better for sure. And I think that moving your body is so, so important. But I think a lot of the times when women women hear the term like workout, they think that that, that like freaks them out because they think they have to like get really into it and like have a big sweat and stuff. For me, I do the exact opposite. I am on the floor, mm -hmm. like, you know, I'll just do like squats and then I'll do some crunches and then I get down and I just stretch. Like yeah. I'll do my own kind of yoga version of just getting centered. And, you know, it doesn't have to be this big extreme thing, just get, your body moving. So you are not just sitting on the couch because that is, it's not good for your body. And that really affects your mental health as well, right? Like it we've does. become such a potato kind of society where we just, you know, you come home and the TV's on and it's on until you go to bed. And that was the biggest shift I think that I made when I got divorced was just like, we don't even have a TV and it's mm -hmm. awesome because there are hundreds of thousands of other things you could be doing yeah. But when you have the TV, it becomes like an addiction. Yeah. It really does. You just put it on, you lose all your gusto to do everything else. And it's a vicious cycle. And then the kids start to get these behavior issues because they're overstimulated and mm -hmm. just like turn the TV off, like put a podcast on or something like a kid's podcast or like an audio book, get on the Definitely. floor, move your body, just like do think outside the box, right? Because obviously what's happening in society, what most people are doing isn't working very well. Exactly. I definitely think an everyday thing. I think you and I are at the point though, we've built up such a, a daily routine that we've both gotten into like the 20, 30 minutes for ourselves. I would suggest to moms when they first do start this and they do feel overwhelmed is start with like five, 10 minutes and then increment your day and add a few minutes to that and get to 15 minutes, see how you feel. Because the more, you know, you, like you said, you start with sort of stretching a little bit of yoga. It's not like you have to do a full hour workout, you know, like, or anything mm -hmm. like that, or, you know, half an hour of meditation. It can just start with like a five minute podcast on breathing and slowing down and maybe just writing a few notes down about how you feel in your day. So I think that's mm -hmm. probably the best place for most moms to start if they are feeling super anxious and super overwhelmed. Well, 
I really appreciate you coming on here today, Rochelle. Thank you so much um, for coming yeah. on to the podcast. So how can our viewers now get more information to connect with you? So yeah, everything, all of my information will be down in the show notes. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, just look up my name, which will be as well in the show notes, Rochelle Rosan. And um, I, similar to Bethany, offer free consultations, connect calls, just to kind of see where you're at. And if us working together would be a good thing. Um, and if nothing else, just to support you and help you feel that you are not alone and just let you know that you're rocking it. So exactly. Awesome. Take well, advantage. <laughs> I will add all of uh, Rochelle's notes here into the podcast so you guys can actually see all the notes and find her Instagram and all these wonderful places and her website as well. So it was a pleasure having you on the Nutritious and Delicious show, Rochelle. So thank, thank you, you so much.